It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, where after the games like right now, I am coming to you live. From my office here at the Motor Racing Network, the world headquarters of MRN, as we are, of course, the voice of NASCAR. Had to work the Xfinity 500 at Martinsville today. I'm sure you missed it, but an amazing finish there. Also an amazing finish between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. So make sure to subscribe to the channel so you never miss an edition of the live episodes here on Locked on Panthers. But if you do, be sure to check us out on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts does not matter. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. The Carolina Panthers, 34 The Atlanta Falcons 37, the Panthers lose in overtime on the road at a venue in a city where they do not typically have success. And I've had some time to sit back here and kind of wrap my mind around it as I've been working here this afternoon, watching the race, working the race, and watching the Panthers game simultaneously where I missed a lot of the first half. Caught enough of it, but really the second half in overtime, I got the gist of what happened today and reacting to this game My head is spinning still about two hours after the Panthers lost to the Falcons in large part because I don't think I've been thoroughly entertained like that in a very long time when watching this team. Now, don't get me wrong, definitely disappointed in the fact that they lost, but not nearly as upset I think I would have been if you would have told me this morning the Carolina Panthers are going to lose an overtime game to the Atlanta Falcons. Never expected to be a shootout. Never expected Deontay Foreman to play the way he played. Never expected P.J. Walker to have the longest air yard pass in the history of next-gen stats. Like, absurd pass at the end of that game that we thought was going to win it, but ended up just tying it and taking to overtime for the Carolina Panthers and their loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Steve Wilkes, Panthers interim head coach, came out after the game and said, we didn't find a way to finish. And that really 
is the story of the game for the Carolina Panthers. I'm seeing people here in the live chat saying, classic, heartbreaking Carolina Panthers loss. And you're absolutely right. The Carolina Panthers were the better team this afternoon against Atlanta. At a point in time, they had doubled Atlanta offensively in total yardage. We have not seen the Panthers do that to anyone this season, last season, in a very long time. But they were the better team for the most part all afternoon. The problem was they made the critical mistakes. We can go back to DJ Moore, which is the one that a lot of people were talking about. DJ Moore, Eddie Pinheiro. We'll start off with DJ Moore. PJ Walker makes an incredible throw. I have dubbed PJ Walker since his time in the XFL at the Houston Roughnecks as the XFL Mahomes. The actual Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, tweeted out the throw that PJ made to DJ Moore saying, this has to be the throw of the year. So PJ Walker, in his fifth career start, makes the throw of his life in the throw of the NFL season up until this point in week eight in DJ Moore, who had dropped a critical fourth down and 19, the possession before, removes his helmet in celebration. As a human, it's very hard to sit here and criticize DJ Moore because, of course, the emotions of the game, you had just blown it. Minutes ago, you get a second chance. You make a huge play. The biggest play, let's be honest, of DJ Moore's career. He's never been in that situation. And I heard Jonathan Vilma on the broadcast saying, you have to act like you've been there before. Well, Jonathan, he has not been there before. And DJ Moore certainly acted like that when he removed his helmet in celebration, jumped into the stands there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and then subsequently was penalized for a celebration penalty, which backed the Carolina Panthers up 15 yards for what would be the game, well, the go-ahead extra point for Eddie Pinheiro. So typically, it's 33 yards for extra points, which now they don't want to make it a gimme. It would have been 48 yards. So 48-yard extra point, Eddie Pinheiro going out there. Had only missed one kick all season, one field goal, coming to this afternoon's game against the Atlanta Falcons. Was perfect on extra points. His long was 54. But we've seen in the last couple weeks, since Steve Wilkes took over as the interim, that he has not been willing to trust Eddie Pinheiro to attempt long field goals of the 50-plus yardage. So 48 yards, NFL kicker, you got to make that kick. Eddie Pinheiro, though, instead slices it to the left. Panthers remain tied. They go to overtime against the Atlanta Falcons. We've had all the debates of how the overtime format should be. We've sat here and bitched and moaned and whined about, oh, Josh Allen didn't get a chance to touch the football. Patrick Mahomes didn't get a chance to touch the football. Well, the Carolina Panthers went out there and played defense after Atlanta started off first and were in prime position to win the game. C.J. Henderson, who constantly gets cooked, looked like he made the play to help seal the Carolina Panthers to win that football game. One thing I never love to see, and Steve Wilkes has shown, he is a very conservative coach. He does not like to take risk. He does not want to put the ball into trouble. The fact that they played for a field goal, which, again, you're in range, you do that. I never love just flat out playing for a field goal and hoping that the kicker can win you the game when you especially just saw the kicker miss a kick that he needs to be able to make. So Steve Wilkes and the Panthers and Ben McAdoo decide we're going to play for the field goal. Okay. Again, I don't love that, but you're at the 15-yard line. Back it up 18 yards means a 33-yard attempt, which is the typical distance of an extra point. And yet again, Eddie Pinheiro slices it to the left. 
Misses that time. Atlanta goes down the field. Young Lei Koo, who has ice in his veins, hits a 41-yarder right down the middle. Falcons now 4-4. Four and four. Panthers now 2-6. Two, two games out of first place when if they would have won, every team in the NFC South would be 3-5. and five. And the Panthers, by way of tiebreakers and being 3-0, had they won, would have been in first place. Now they sit two games out of it because of right there, three critical mistakes. And it's not just that, not being able to finish. Let's go back two weeks ago when P.J. Walker made his start on the road in Los Angeles. We sat there and we questioned Steve Wilkes, like, hey, why are you not trying to do more right before the half? Why not? You're up 10-7. to And I talked about it. Clearly, Steve Wilkes was happy with the game plan. It was far too conservative, as we know. But through that first half, he had had, it was mission accomplished. You got the pick six from Dante Jackson. P.J. Walker didn't do anything to hurt the team, and they were in good position going to the half. Well, we had seen earlier when he mentioned that he didn't want to do anything because back against San Francisco, Baker Mayfield threw a pick six right before the half. We then saw on Sunday afternoon, P.J. Walker throw a pick six on what was an incredible athletic play by the Falcons defender. I'm not going to sit there and not give him credit, but that, that's exactly why Steve Wilkes didn't want to be aggressive and try to go after points before the half, especially when you have the lead and you get the ball back going into halftime. Now, forget what the score was at the point. It was a 13-7, so it became 14-13 going to the half. So you have the lead. You're feeling good about it. You have momentum. You're getting the ball back. I understand why he didn't want to do that. But that's another reason why the Panthers lost. DJ Moore celebration penalty. Pinheiro missing an ensue extra point. Pinheiro missing in overtime. The pick six. That gives the Falcons – a touchdown. Like, really, because at that point in time, their offense hadn't done anything all day. And until the second half, and really like the third, late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter in overtime, their offense wasn't really spectacular. So the Panthers just made all the critical mistakes. You go back to the Demir Bird. I guess the Demir Bird revenge game, he gets a touchdown where he runs past C.J. Henderson and through the entire Panthers defense. And we saw him here in Carolina. I don't remember Demir Bird ever being that fast, and being capable of making those plays. If that were the case, I wish he would have still been here, but that happens. Again, the fourth down drop by D.J. Moore. Yes, the Falcons defender gets a hand in there. That is a play. D.J. Moore, who we sit here all the time and we feel bad for, for not having good quarterbacks and for being the most underrated receiver in the league, you got to come up with that football. If it hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. And the play before that, Spencer Brown, who's elevated from the practice squad, because Chuba Hubbard was injured, missed today's game. He comes up at the running back position, has a minimal impact, but the biggest impact he has is allowing the only sack of the game on that third down when he's not able to pick up the blitzing linebacker. And you have to question the coaching staff. Why do you have a practice squad guy in there on a pivotal third down late in the fourth quarter in pass protection? Why is it not somebody else like Blackshear? Why is it not Deontay Foreman? Why is Spencer Brown even put in that position? Nine penalties for 74 yards. So, again, I felt like watching the game in totality, the Carolina Panthers were the better team. But when you look at the mistakes that they made, that's why they lost this game. P.J. Walker played excellent in the second half. Deontay Foreman, he was awesome. We're getting into all that here because I, I don't want to sit here and harp on the negative because, honestly, I sit here, like, I'm somewhat encouraged even – with the loss because of the way they fought. Matt Rule coached teams the last two years and the first five weeks of the season aren't in position to win this game. But Steve Wilkes, he's got those guys galvanized. 
but it wasn't enough. You still have to make the right decisions and the right plays. And unfortunately, the Carolina Panthers didn't do that. And with Eddie Pinheiro, for me, the guy's been good all year up until this point. And I said before the season started, at some point in time, when you have to play the kicker merry-go-round, it's going to cost you a game. Unfortunately, this was the game that cost the Carolina Panthers a very winnable game that Carolina should have won. Now, even if Pinheiro is able to attempt a regular extra point there after DJ's, if DJ doesn't have the penalty, does he make it? I don't know. But he can't make those mistakes. Do you cut him? I don't think so. Yeah, it's two bad kicks. You hate it. Who out there is going to be better than Eddie Pinheiro on the street? That's just kind of the question that I think the staff has to ask themselves. Scott Fitter has got to ask themselves. And, of course, you, the fan, has to ask yourself following that game. Be upset about it. I think you should have to drive back up I-85 North and go through the constant construction and the nonsense that is that, that road. So I think he's got to drive back and waste about five, six hours of his life trying to get back to Charlotte. Don't think he should lose his job over this. Again, had only missed one kick coming into today, but the absolute worst time to miss a kick at that point in time. For Eddie Pinheiro, not just one kick, but two kicks that 48-yarder, I get it. You're backed up. Bad mistake by DJ Moore. Inexcusable. I'm gonna, I'm, I really don't want to blame him because I get it. But you can't do that, but you cannot miss if you're the kicker. You cannot miss. Your quarterback makes an outstanding play. Wide receiver makes an outstanding play. Dumb, dumb decision with the penalty, but you can't miss from 48. You can't miss from 33. And the Panthers just can't go, hey, surrender. Let's just hand it off because it's very reminiscent of week one against the Browns where the Panthers decided that, hey, let's play for the field goal. Let's not try and score a touchdown. Oh, yeah, well, the first down play didn't work, and then Baker fumbled the down, all that. Okay, try and score a touchdown. They decided not to. I think a lot of teams out there probably would have done the same thing. But, again, as we saw, it didn't work out as a kicker. Eddie Pinheiro was not able to come up with the kick that he needed to on multiple occasions. That would have helped the Carolina Panthers win this game when I, again, felt like they overall were a better football team, the Atlanta Falcons, on Sunday afternoon. But as Steve Wilkes said after the game, we did not find a way to finish. But overall, though, guys, there's a lot of positives when you look at the offense because this offense has been terrible. And I want to spotlight P.J. Walker. I want to spotlight uh, Deontay Foreman, even D.J. Moore and Terrace Marshall and what that unit did overall and what was – Probably the most entertaining Panthers game we've seen in what, three or four or five years. I mean, it's been a long time since you actually felt like those kind of highs and lows throughout a football game. And, of course, lowest of lows falling to two and six, although I'm sure plenty of you are actually happy and feel like the tank is back on the track. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient secure and accessible anywhere and 100% online. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with better 
BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash locked on. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So again, I felt the Carolina Panthers were the better team in this game, but they, they messed up. And like I mentioned, and someone's asking right now, Steel Smith in the comments here live on YouTube for all those who are checking it out live, asking why is a running back in the most important play, especially Spencer Brown, who is his practice squad guy. I have no idea if they thought he was the best in pass protection, but that's just one of the many mistakes that were made on the day that led to the Carolina Panthers losing. You have a winning going to the half. P.J. Walker, I know he's a short guy. Atlanta makes a blitz. Great athletic play. You cannot have that happen to you in that is why Steve Wilkes does not like to dry and get aggressive before the half. When you have the momentum, you're getting the ball back after the half. Have that mistake, that's a backbreaker. DJ Moore dropping on a fourth 19, backbreaker. The missed extra point, the missed field goal, DJ's penalty, all of it added up to a Carolina Panthers loss in the team now being 2-6 and six and 2-1 and one in the division when they had an opportunity to be 3-5 and five and 3-0 and oh to division and be in first place of the NFC South. And we'll look at the rest of the outlook of the NFC South later on here on the show and throughout the week. We have plenty of time to break down this show. We're going to see the Falcons again in, what, 10, 11 days' time on Thursday Night Football. And a lot of the guys are talking about that after the game, how, hey, we're going to see him soon enough, and we'll get our revenge, and yada, yada, yada. Well, there really should not be any discussion of revenge because they should have taken care of business today. Instead, they lost. So there we are. But again, I don't really feel... All that discouraged. Because watching the Steve Wilkes Carolina Panthers, like these guys, they play with heart. If anything else, if, if they don't do anything else right, they play with heart. Because they certainly make plenty of mistakes as a bad football team, which Carolina Panthers still are. And I said throughout the week, as we're having the conversations of, oh, man, starting to feel a lot like 2014 where they went 7-8-1. and one, And there's still the possibility it could feel like that. Because they were 3-8-1 and one at that point in time before they won those four straight games to end up winning the division and to beat the brakes off of Matt Ryan and the Falcons there on their own Atlanta in week 17 of that season. Like, it can still feel like that. But while saying that throughout the week, I also mentioned, like, y'all, I still don't really feel like this team's going to win more than, like, five or six, maybe seven games this season. Might be enough in this division, but you can't let games like Atlanta slip up. Like, this is still not a good football team. This is still a football team that there's questions at quarterback, although P.J. obviously has played better than Baker and Sam have played the last two years. He's back-to-back good performances. Wasn't great in the first half. Was 6-15 for 69 yards, had that pick six right before the half. That was a really a backbreaker, like I mentioned. But in the second half, he started balling out. 13-21, of 21, 248 yards, and a touchdown. And an amazing throw. He has to have the strongest arm of the team looking at what he did, man. So, P.J., there's going to be growing pains with it as a guy who's only now started five games in his career as a starter in the NFL. There's going to be growing pains, but you've seen the positives that he can show you. But overall, it's still a team that's young and started and still trying to learn how to win. We, we talked about it. DJ Moore's never been in this position, so how can you even ask, ask him to understand, hey, man, you can't well, – you can ask him that because obviously he's a veteran 
And I get he might not have played in big games. That's the biggest moment of his career so far. He can't have that happen. But also the human side of you, can you really blame him? Yes and no. Just no understanding the situation. But it's like those are the mistakes that bad teams make. The kicker missing, like that's what happens to bad teams. Like not capitalizing on situations in this game, like that's what bad football teams do. So the Carolina Panthers, while being far more entertaining in a loss, showed once again why they've been as bad as they've been the last couple of seasons. And I guess now they've lost, what, this is their 28th loss since um, 2020 when they gave up 17-plus points. Now the offense, though, they were game, certainly. We saw plenty of things that we can be excited about, but also a lot of the same stuff that's held this team back under Matt Rule and now through three games of Steve Wilkes came up to bite him in the ass in this loss to Atlanta in overtime. Now, as far as some positives, though, because, again, I'm not really broken up about it. I mean, you are catching me about three after three hours after the game. I had other things on my mind working here today at NASCAR and doing the show live from this office. Um, like, again, they were way better today as far as, like, offensive production than what we've seen over the course of the first seven weeks of the season when they started off two and five. And you would like to follow up a performance against the Bucks and Tom Brady where you win 21-3 to with a win against the Falcons team who also, like the rest of the NFC South, is not very good. And they're coming off a game where they just got blown out by Cincinnati. And offensively, we didn't really see that in the first half. But they finally found an identity, I think, in that second half with Deontay Foreman and with P.J. Walker. If the Panthers are going to have success in the offense moving forward, it's going to be leaning on Foreman in a run game and in P.J. making the necessary throws. He had an excellent throw to Terrace Marshall there on a third down. We saw it with D.J. Moore also earlier in that game. And then, hey, the fourth down that D.J. dropped was a great throw by P.J. Like, P.J., when called upon to make the throws that they needed late in the game, he made them. And I give him a lot of credit for how he played in the second half. But Deontay Foreman, that dude is a stud. He was awesome today. 26 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns. First player since Jonathan Stewart in the December game in 2017 versus Minnesota, which we remember Cam Newton juking the hell out of that that Viking safety, then running down the field to help win that game. Jonathan Stewart had three touchdowns in that game. Last player that he's the last player to do that until Deontay Foreman today, which is incredible when it comes to rushing touchdowns. Like Christian McCaffrey, great player, obviously got receiving touchdowns, scored had plenty of those games as well. But for Deontay Foreman in his first start as a Carolina Panther to do that outstanding the offensive line we talked about it last week with Bradley Bozeman who had the highest graded center game of the NFL season a week ago in the win against Tampa Bay how important he was him Icky Brady Christensen um of course Austin Corbett and Taylor Moten how well those guys have played this season and even Pat Elfline when he was healthy the offensive line has been so improved this year and they have looked great and they showed it back-to-back weeks how they can run the football when they have a player like Deontay Foreman who was breaking tackles, and he was showing you the same guy I saw last year in Tennessee when he filled in for Derrick Henry and helped that team get the number one seed in the AFC. He's a lead back, and they brought him in this offseason for scenarios like this, like if McCaffrey was injured or I guess he was traded or he was out of the ball game, that Foreman could go out there and can make these plays. And I had said early in the season, any carry that's not to Christian McCaffrey is a wasted carry. But now that Foreman... Got to be the guy. He's shown that he's a lead back in this league. And whenever Chuba Hubbard's back and healthy, sure, we can talk about the whole by-committee approach. Foreman's got to touch the ball 20 times, at least. You can give Chuba the ball a couple times, 
But Foreman's your guy. This is the dude that you need to be rolling, like leaning on the rest of the year if you want to try and win football games via the running game because he's good. He's a dude, and Wilkes told Vilma and Kenny Albert and that Fox crew whenever they met with him earlier in the week that he compared him to Derrick Henry. And there's a reason why John Robinson, the general manager in Houston, went out there and got him. There's a reason why Scott Fitter went out there and got him. And it's unfortunate that we had to wait until Christian McCaffrey was gone and Chuba Hubbard was gone to see Foreman really show out and be his true self. But the Panthers got it back. They got a good running back who, if he continues to run like this, it's somebody you want to invest in in the future. Now, you're not giving him $16 million per year, but you're seeing right here with Foreman and Chuba Hubbard combined last week as well in that win against Tampa, why you'd never have to pay a running back the kind of money the Carolina Panthers were paying Christian McCaffrey, who, again, is an outstanding player. But big ups to Deontay Foreman, who, I mean, I'm sure they didn't give out game ball because they lost, but they had won that game. He absolutely needed one. I mean, DJ Moore, again, stupid decision at the end of that game. I get it emotional. I really don't want to bang on the dude. Six receptions, 152 yards, that touchdown catch. He was great in the second half. You could see in the first half when P.J. was really trying to hit ball down the field and see Wilkes said at halftime, like, hey, we can't try and hit all the home runs. We got to try and get some of these intermediate throws, really get them to a rhythm, and they did that. Getting D.J. open when they finally got some man-to-man coverage, he was excellent in the second half. Terrace Marshall, who didn't get a jersey for like two weeks earlier on in the season, the last two weeks has really shown up. Four receptions, 87 yards today in that game. Another play. I go back to one of the third down reception that he had. On that, there was a blitz coming on the outside, and Icky was already dealing with another man. Brady Christian step, stepped up and got a critical block to allow P.J. time to hit Terrace Marshall on that cross, crossing route. So overall as an offense, these guys are awesome today. Made a mistake, two of them with the pick six and the penalty, and then they had nine penalties. I mean, the team overall had nine penalties. But offensively, like, what we saw was encouraging moving forward. If they can be that, and they can cut down on some of these mistakes and not have an off half or two, then they can be or an off quarter or two, whatever it might be, they can be in position to win football games like we saw against Atlanta. Like, I never thought I was going to see the Carolina Panthers offense this season score 34 points after what we had seen in the first seven weeks of the year. So there's positives that come away from that offense. Defensively, it's rough to allow Marcus Mariota – in that team where I, I don't think they even had a 200-yard passing game so far this season. I mean, if it happened, it's rare to allow them to do what they did to them, especially late in that game where it was back and forth and they had like 10 straight possessions where it was like, you know, Panthers score, Falcons score, Panthers score, Falcons. I mean, back and forth. Exciting game to watch, especially against two teams who are not very good. And ho- hopefully we get the kind of same sort of game on Thursday Night Football because Thursday Night Football has been trashed this year. I don't even watch because I don't want to sit there and have my eyes bleeding because of how bad the NFL football has been on Thursday night. Maybe we get another game like that. Either way, Carolina, offensively, a lot of positives defensively. They were good in the first half, but as we've seen, they're one of the worst defenses in the league in the second half, and that showed up today as they lost that game, and they needed to make some critical plays. We're not able to do that. I don't want to put it on them because overall, like the team just made the kicker, missed field goals, just too many, too many mistakes by the Carolina Panthers on the Sunday afternoon to be able to win this game against the Atlanta Falcons as they drop to two and six. Okay, um, let's look at it now. We'll take a pause here, and we'll look at the rest of the division as the Panthers go from potentially being in first place to now being two games out of first place and right up there where a lot of y'all want him to be or want the Panthers to be on the take machine. So we'll talk about that here. In just a moment on Locked on Panthers. 
Whether you're looking to pop the question, have a milestone to celebrate, or want to let your love sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy tool online tools let you choose a diamond, shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then help you handcraft her perfect one-of-a-kind engagement ring. Looking for a piece of fine jewelry to commemorate a special milestone but still having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and shipped for free in discreet packaging. They also offer overnight shipping if you're in a rush. Make your moment sparkle at BlueNile.com. Go to BlueNile.com and use Locked On to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's BlueNile.com. Code locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com. Code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Looking at the chat right now, and that's kind of why I like doing this. I kind of want to peer at it every once in a while. And, yeah, we got Jordan out here saying PJ's that guy. Like, the XFL Mahomes guys. Like, that dude was awesome that second half. Uh, and, yeah, defense produced two turnovers. Offense didn't, get, didn't score off him. You got to play complimentary football. Like, again, like, it's not capitalizing the certain situations. Defensively, 30, I mean, I guess 30 points to Atlanta. You can't have that happen. I'm not going to blame them. It's like the lot. They just made too many mistakes as a team, as a whole. That's why they lost this game. It's not necessarily on one unit or the other unit. It's on the team in totality. They they cannot make the mistakes. But PJ Walker, like, where was where could this team potentially have been had Matt Rule been like, hey, this is the guy I want to build around when I first got here. This is my guy I want. I don't, I'm not going to say like things would have been better, but he's already shown that he is better. Right now, in the NFL, than Baker and Sam. And who knows what Sam Darnold could have done this year had he stayed healthy and won a quarterback battle and had he been behind this offensive line because we sat there and made all excuses last year for Sam Darnold, even though he's been god-awful his entire career, that if he had an offensive line, that he could be better. Who knows? But P.J. Walker has acquitted himself quite well. No matter what happens to him in the future, he's going to stick around in this league. Hopefully it's not just as a backup. Maybe he can have a future here in Carolina. I don't know. I would still think that the Panthers' best course of action will be to draft a quarterback here in the 2023 NFL Draft, and let's not get too caught up in two performances from P.J. Let's see what plays out over the next nine games of the season as he'll be playing for his job here in Carolina. I think he should at least be here as a backup moving forward, but that really is dependent upon the new coaching staff and obviously Scott Fitterer and what what, what they want to do and what the market for P.J. is outside of Carolina once this offseason is over. So we'll see how that all plays out. But I'm sure a lot of you, though, are kind of happy that the Panthers lost because they're right back up at the top of the draft board as they are now projected to be the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, according to everyone's favorite website here in Charlotte, tankathon.com. Whether it's the Hornets or the Panthers, 
We're looking at it. I don't think they have a – do they have a draft where you can tank in Major League Soccer with Charlotte FC? I don't know, but I'm sure if they do, people are probably looking at tankathon.com there as well. So right now, Carolina Panthers, if the season ended today, which it doesn't, would be getting the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, which would put them in perfect position to draft either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Will Levis, who was terrible on Saturday night. At Tennessee, by the way, god-awful. And showed, once again, why, at least on the college level, he's not in the same stratosphere as C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, but he has the traits, and he's played in the NFL offense. And I'm telling you right now, the NFL evaluators will drool over themselves and tell themselves that Will Levis is better. Maybe he'll be better in the NFL. We'll see. It's all a crapshoot. Anyway, Hendon Hooker also probably the Heisman favorite at this point in time, Greensboro's own. Former Virginia Tech Hokie, Justin Fuente should have to get back a piece of his buyout every time Hinton Hooker scores a touchdown, in my opinion. He went out there, bought out again on Saturday night. So the Panthers are yet another step closer to potentially taking one of those guys. And, you know, I'm, like, conflicted because, like, yes, I think that's the best path forward. I would rather not have to give up assets to trade up and get a quarterback if they find themselves in position where they do win a division. But also, I think I would rather win a division because, like, this is the point of football anyways. You want to win. You would be it would be a home playoff game. Haven't had a home playoff game since 2015. I would rather have a home playoff game than be sitting at top of the draft. It's it's gonna be a back and forth we go through all year long as long as the NFC South remains this bad. So I see both sides of it. I'm struggling with it in my own right, like probably contradicting myself at every turn. While it's like I get it, yes, it makes sense. It's also like, damn, I just want the team to win. But if they're gonna lose, at least play the way they play today. Like, be entertaining. <laughs> like, if that's what, if it's going to look like that and you're going to lose, be entertaining. Totally fine. But at some point in time, I'm sure it's going to drive a lot of people nuts where they're in the game, but then they find a way to lose. Which, again, it's not, we're, we're going to continue to talk about it. It's not a guarantee. You look at 2018, we got two of those guys on the roster Baker Mayfield, number one overall. He gets the fifth year option, but the Cleveland said, we're good. Terrible here in Carolina through five games. Sam Darnold, complete bust. Josh Rosen, complete bust. Josh Allen, incredible. Lamar Jackson, former league MVP. We don't have to go that far away. The last major quarterback draft that we had in 2021, and maybe next in 2024 might be it with Drake May or Caleb Williams, and um, there's other guys out there. Maybe or Quint, I mean, we'll see what happens with Quinn Ewers out of Texas, but we'll see. Maybe that becomes a bigger one. But as far as this year's draft, we're looking at Levis and Stroud and Young and Hendon Hooker at this point in time. The last big quarterback draft we saw was 2021, where the Carolina Panthers sat there at eighth overall and could have selected Justin Fields or Mac Jones, or they could have tried to trade up to get Trey Lance or one of those two guys I mentioned. Or maybe, I mean, the Jets were going to trade their pick anyway. They're always going to take Zach Wilson. They could have traded up, but they decided not to do that. And we have the conversations of if the Carolina Panthers really loved any of the quarterbacks out of that draft, they would have traded up. They would not have traded for Sam Darnold. Obviously, trading for Sam Darnold was a mistake. Drafting J.C. Horn wasn't. But they were doing the combination of, hey, Darnold plus J.C. Horn would make more sense for us. But if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't really matter anyways. And we saw that didn't work out for them. But maybe P.J. Walker's a quarterback. We'll see. I'm not going to count on it. But 2021, Trevor Lawrence, been meh so far in Jacksonville. Didn't wake up to watch the atrocity in London this, day, this, this morning. Apparently, it was the highest attended London game ever. Um, the Brits, masochists, apparently. Uh, Jags, Broncos, Really? What are y'all doing? Um, Zach Wilson, god-awful. He stinks, y'all. The Jets might have a playoff team, but once again, the New York Jets have whiffed on a quarterback. He sucks. Trey Lance, injured. Justin Fields, eh. Mac Jones, fine, I guess. It's not a guarantee. You would rather be up there taking a shot. I totally get it. But as I'm going to continue to say, building a winning culture, 
and finding a head coach who can actually get the best out of his players like Steve Wilkes, I feel like that is just as important as finding a quarterback. Because you can have a great quarterback, but if your coach is an idiot, it doesn't really matter. If you can't scheme him up and you can't put things around him like an offensive line and receivers, it does not matter. So we'll continue to have a debate all year long. The Panthers were a field goal away from being 3-5 and five and having the tiebreaker over the Saints, Falcons, and Buccaneers to be in first place in the NFC South. Instead, they are now 2-6 and six and two full games behind the Atlanta Falcons, who they'll face in 10-11 days' time on Thursday Night Football at Bank of America Stadium. Next week, Cincinnati, it'll be difficult. Jamar Chase not going on IR, but it looks like he's not going to play next week. They'll still have to deal with Joe Burrow and that high-octane offense. That's been, you know, just okay this year. It's the Bengals. If you expected the Bengals to follow up their magical Super Bowl run by, like, running through the NFL this year, that's on you because it's Cincinnati. They've never really done anything. Um, but whatever. So that will be a tough game. But I know going to it that the Panthers are going to they're going to compete. They're going to fight. Steve Wilkes told us after the Bucks game last week, like, we're not tanking. We're trying to win. We saw it again today. Now, what might take the season is the mistakes that we saw. And also, you know, the fact they're, like, already in a hole anyways, and they fired their head coach, which seems to be the better decision. And I had someone DM me being like, hey, man, we were totally wrong about firing rule midseason because, like, these guys actually look better. Yeah, they do. They have a better head coach, clearly, in Steve Wilkes. And I still want him to get the job. He's going to have to win a lot more games, and they're not going to be able to have uh, endings like they had today and mistakes like they had today against the Atlanta Falcons. So that's where it stands. Panthers 2-6, and six, now 2-1 and one in the division, two full games behind, and for a lot of you, uh, fortunately, at the number two spot in the NFL draft if it were to start today, which, of course, it does not with the season was in today, which it doesn't. So we'll see how it plays out the rest of the way as they have Cincinnati next week. We're on to Cincinnati, as uh, one Bill Belichick once said up there in New England. Okay, so that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And, of course, you know, Sunday is the live show, which is also the Monday episode. So if you don't check out the show live on YouTube, like the people who watch it right now, which, again, subscribe on YouTube. You can always check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where you can get my live commentary during Panthers games and also my thoughts throughout the week on Panthers, all things Charlotte sports, whatever I feel like tweeting about. So follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where... If you want to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me to get in on that this week. Rest of the week, we'll break down what Steve Wilkes has to say on his day after podcast or day after press conference tomorrow. So we'll talk about that on Tuesday. Then hopefully get a conversation on Wednesday, our crossover episode on Thursday. And again, the Weekly Friday Mailbag on Friday. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Tuesday as we continue to break down this Panthers 37-34 heartbreaking loss in overtime to the Atlanta Falcons. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.